You're about to enter seventh heaven. If you like this pod, then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel. If you're looking for extra content, you can go to our YouTube page or our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, our handle at seventh heaven pod. Again, like, subscribe, share, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back once again to your celestial one-stop pod. For all things rugby, sevens, you're back in seventh heaven. You've ascended the stairway to the clouds with me, Bernsey, Chip and Mitch. And guess what? We've actually got some sevens to be excited about. The Madrid sevens is happening this week and next weekend. Six men's teams, six women's teams going toe-to-toe across the weekend, just like the good old days. And we're going to preview the comp, the runners, the riders and get stuck into it so that you know what's going on. But boys, first up, how are you? No, hang on, Bursey. I don't believe it. There's not actually sevens happening. There True story. Be. There can't be. True story. <laughs> but you're not in it. You're not in it. You've got to be gutted. You've got to be gutted that I know that the GB team hasn't been announced yet, but, you know, no England, no Scotland, no nothing from our fair shores heading over there. Is it too late to put together a seventh heaven pod 12? And, and see if we can get permission, COVID regs, to fly over for, for work purposes. There must be, some, uh, must be someone to bankroll that. If we'd, if we'd sold a few more T-shirts, we just might have got there. But unfortunately, <laughs> there was a delay in the shipment, so we're a couple of pennies shy. Can you imagine the team we'd put together if we got all our guests to feature for the 7th Heaven pod team? Outstanding. We'd have a class team. It would actually be unfair. We'd have the best team out there. We should, we should actually, in fact... Let's take the time now, off the top of our heads, what would that team look like? Obviously, Chippy, you're probably locking it down up DJ, straight off the bat. Derek. DJ, so we've got two. Who, who else are we having in the, uh, in the forwards? Shaggy. Shaggy, he can go in at prop. Did you have a half pack, Chippy? Mitch. <sighs> Thank you. Mitch and a another. Who, who, another playmate? Burnsy, ben Burnsy, Burnsy, you're at 10. Burnsy, you're at 10. No, 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 no. He's a T slash water carrier. Ben Collins at 10. <laughs> and then Norton and P. Bake. Oh, that's a good team. Chucky Stanley narrowly missed out. I think he can do seven on, seven off with BG because I think that's yeah. their well, uh, the well. Uh, Bernsey, you, you can come on for the last minute or so, kick the, kick the winning drop goal or something. Chip, could you share the co-social set responsibility with Chucky Stanard? I, th- I, think you'd, I think you'd work well together. Mate, Chucky's social set of that team every day. I love a, I love a, a, a compare that w- that's with me. Someone to you know, puff my sails up and get me going, and for, someone to fall back on. So yeah, I'd happily have him on board if that's what you're saying. Sorry, left field here. We've overlooked Gus P. Show. I mean, thoughts. He could be the chairman. I hear he's out of a job. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Yes. Yeah. Hang it's on, not... mate. Hang on. That's that's a good point, actually. You know, every week you go on about the Seventh Heaven Pod Stardust and how you sprinkle it and it and it generates immediate success. How do you explain that with poor Gus P. Show? Uh, I mean, it was like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when you get across the Invisible Bridge and there's the knight 
at the end and you have to drink the water from the cup of Jesus. And you remember the guy, the German guy drinks it and he he turns old and he disintegrates. And the knight goes, you chose poorly. Well, obviously, mm. Gus, Gus drank the wrong Kool-Aid when he was in seventh heaven, sadly for him. Everyone else has got it right, so, you know. I, I give him the heebie-jeebies. I put some bad some bad voodoo on him. Two reasons. Firstly, Argentinian. Second reason, he he was up against a, a northerner in my mocker, Sir Bill Beaumont. You'd have Ben Ryan as coach. I mean, that's got to be a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. And who else? Yeah. Banjo as coach. You'd have Katie Warner as mental prep and Remy Mulbert as physio. We've got a good team here. J- J- JP Barak, impact play. He's oh. not made the starting team. <sighs> JP Barak, actually, yeah. I think I'd actually put him in and then I'd do, I'd do Noughts and P-Bake 7 and 7. Oh, imagine. Yeah. Rory McConaughey on the bench. No. Oh, God, yeah, Rory yeah. on the bench. Horse Benny Harris. They'll probably get a look in somewhere in the squad. I feel like I'm getting dropped already here, by the way. I'll uh, ride the pine right we have well and truly digressed from the loose agenda that we put together before every pod so where should we start first things first Chip another win in the bag for Quinns with you and the match day squad over your old employees Leicester Tigers but we don't care about that what we care about is that Joe Marchant hasn't come out and publicly backed that you got nothing but net from downtown from the left peg last week in the kicking competition on the basketball court. I can I can get him to do a video tomorrow, although probably not the best timing because I was giving him a load of heat in training today. Well, mm. I, I did my own bit of digging for this as well, trying to find out whether there was any truth in it. And actually there isn't, as far as I can tell. No one's, no one's got video evidence. No one's told me it happened. Although Marcus Smith has got you back because I asked him if it happened. He said, no clue, but Probably is true. Chippy is a skillful fella. And that's a Ooh, quote. Thank you. So you're doing something right, mate. The big man's impressed. Until Marcus Smith comes on the pod and says it in person, I don't believe it. And then we'd have a trouble for selection. Mitch, you'd be on the pine if Marcus came on. <laughs> he, is silly. he is silly. He is silky, mate. I'll coach now. He's, no- he's just naughty. He's like naughty feet. He's got a big jumpy goose that he does every now and again. Um, I try not to stand opposite him, and I, when I do, I laugh because he looks. Sometimes he looks. He's one of them attackers who look at you in the eye when he's thinking about stepping you. And I've just, I said to him, he tried it once, and he looked at me, looked where I was, and then passed it. And I said to him after I grabbed him, I said, "Don't you fucking look at me in the eyes again." Uh, and he was <laughs> laughing. Um, yeah, no, he's 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 mental good. Right, should we, should we chat a bit of code, boys? Because we have got a tournament ahead of us. Six top teams in the mixer. And it's been so long since we've seen any of them in action. I think it would be perfect to refresh our listeners' ears on what each team brings. Yeah, you've got a bit of a mixed bag, haven't we? Because uh, I think each country is using this for slightly different reasons. Um, although I'm sure they'll all be absolutely buzzing just to, just to be involved. Um, and it's just, you know what? I was thinking about this tournament. I can't remember a tournament like this where... Uh, it's been a shorter form tournament, like, what is it, six teams, um, but with a sort of global spread. Do you know what I mean? Normally these short form tournaments are local ones. Um, and this is something that has been thrown around, like the World Series chat, about whether they should actually reduce tournaments to like make them smaller sizes, maybe six, eight teams. So 
be interesting to see how this runs. Um, so who we got? Who we got? We got USA. Let's start with them. The big guns, the big dogs, as Mike Friday refers to them. I'll kick us off with the USA. They've got a decent team flying out. Um, although a quarter of their big names aren't there. Um, so you've got C Fly who's at home, hamstring issue, inside knowledge. Spoke to him today. Um, I said to him, the, the back and forth was, Seafly, why, why are you not out there? And he said, I'm recovering from hamstring man. And I said, mate, it's the perils, it's the perils of being quick. And he said, yeah, just got to look after him. I'll tell, tell you what's done that is his advert, his constant adverts for Fabletics men. Fabletics. Well, there you go. It's I've worked, just even given that plug on the pod. <laughs> Gosh, as yeah. if it needed Fabletics, it. get it in you. Um, they're also missing um, Madison Hughes, um, also known as Madison Pubes. Can I say that? I don't know. It's yeah, in sure. There. <laughs> we don't edit this. And uh, Danny Barrett. And unfortunately, Steve Thomason's missus has got COVID. So we wish them both a speedy, speedy recovery. Um, but he's out. He's out. But that's four of their big players not going. But the rest of the squad looks looks good. Led by Martin Yusefo. Four big names out, but there's plenty of hot shots in that side. What do they offer as a team? What's their style? What's their flavour? I mean, they, they chuck the pill around, don't they, Mitch? Yeah, it's going to be difficult though because if they haven't got their wheels on the end, I think they might have to play a bit of a different style. Normally, they've got an absolute flyer on one end, and um, they're sort of missing missing that a little bit. Um, he makes that. Yeah, Cody Melfi's no slouch, but it's not like I don't know if it's a confidence thing having Seafly on one wing and P. Baker on the other. Colin Giles and Perry Baker for you, layman's at home. Yeah, so I take that bit out. I th- I thought Perry wasn't in the team. That's why I said that. No, 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 it's, it's in there. We don't edit this. If, if you sound like an idiot, that's your own fault, Mitch. They've, they've got the same what they usually got, big breakdown threat with um, Pinkle Dick and um, Joe Schroeder. Joe Shoulder Schroeder is back in the mix. Honestly, the broadest shoulders, the broadest shoulders I've ever seen. So wide. I don't know how he ever fits through a door. And apparently he'd be able to have three cheerleaders on his shoulders, one on each shoulder and one on his bonds. Believe it or not. There you are for you. It'd be a nice to see Mike Friday animated on the touchline as ever. I, t- I don't know how animated he's going to be. I messaged him. I was like, oh, mate, I'm so jealous that you guys are going to play some rugby. And he said, don't be that jealous. It was, mid- it was one of them mid-transit. I think it's quite the, the rigmarole, the kerfuffle getting over from the States to Madrid. Um, Can imagine. Go through, go through a few stopovers, quite a few COVID tests and some isolation along the way. But, I, you know, I think... From a playing point of view, I'm sure they won't be that bothered. Like, they'll probably be a bit frustrated along the way, but then they're like, haven't been able to play any fucking games for however long. I'll be fine. Kenya are the next team. They're a big, couple of big units still in there. They've got William Backer and Andrew Amonde, um, two massive ball carriers. Um, no Collins, um, which he hasn't got back to my Insta. I don't know why he's not playing. I don't know, because he's old. He's old bones now. I don't, but he was out in um, Bermuda, so I thought he's still he's still kicking about. So, so maybe he's I don't know. I'm not sure what his situation is. It's surprising. The, the, when I read, it suggested that he'd been left out, but who knows? Who knows? Um, he was in the squad with Innocent Simeu, the coach, all last year with no issues, as far as I know. But it's always a bit of a funny one, like the setup over there, though, isn't it? You're never really sure what's what's going on, but. At least some of those boys have... Um, well, I know they've been training all the way through, but and then some of them had some rugby, didn't they, in Bermuda? So, And they, they, look, they still look pretty strong and pretty powerful. And they've got their main man, the buffer. The buffer. Alvin, the buffer, Otieno. Yeah. Do you know what I, my favourite clip of Otieno was? 
from was when he got emptied out by Justin Gadould. He bumped yeah. off two South Africans and then Justin Gadould was like, no, I've had enough. He doesn't sound like that. And one then he for emptied the little him guys. Out. Yeah, it was. One for the little guys. I was like, yes. What about their style of play? I think I know the answer to this, but just give us a refresh. Big boys running hard, like win the collision. Um, I think since Mike Friday was there, their skill set has like leapt up. Obviously, it's been how long has it been since he coached there? Four years, five years, but they've still clung on. Their passing has improved massively. Um, yeah, they the big boys running hard. Yeah, spread it to the wits, contest a load of breakdowns. Hard to play against. Very niggly team. It's quite they're quite chaos, aren't they? There's quite a lot of like running across the field, which actually looks like the attack is sort of a bit directionless, but there's very few things are harder to defend in a defensive line when you've got a lot of um, attackers running at full full pace laterally because it pulls you around a little bit. Uh, it's actually just reminded me of the like the breakdowns and like the number of tackles you have to make against Kenya. It's exhausting. This My nose would be die straight if it wasn't for playing against Kenya. I've, I think I must have broke it three or four times. In the breakdown, nose gone. Yeah, it's horrible. The sound effects playing Kenya is like... <sighs> that's why it's, that's how it's summer up, Bazzi. Is that is that technical enough? That's perfect. Of course, the men are not the only ones who are going to be competing at the Madrid Sevens this weekend. The women are going to be doing battle in the Spanish capital. Six teams in full force, so it seems like a timely moment to go to Burt's for this week's breakdown. Thank you very much for having me once again. Right, Berts, how about we kick things off with one of the big dogs in the tournament. It's USA, a gold medal winner last year. Tell us about them. They are one of the most dominant forces on the series um, with their players and the range of players that they've got. So you've got your Lona Ma, your Cheddar Ember, Nicole Heveland. Uh, shout out to my mate across um, who's over in USA, uh, Kayla Kinnett, who's one of the USA girls, um, who I keep in touch with regularly. She's a she's a she's a good good egg, and we keep in touch about what's going on in all the different different nations and stuff. And she's expressed to me how excited they are just to get back out and play. But just the people that I've just named there, range of range of skill set. And one thing that USA have been really dominant on this in the past season has been the kickoff. They are incredible. Um, their girls come from a different range, a different background of different sports, um, which means they have some absolute units on the pitch. Like when you're crouching down to go for a scrum and you think, geez, these girls are absolute machines and give them a few more years of being together as a, as a unit and teaching some of the other girls who have come through from your athletics and your basketball, like how the core proper skills of rugby, um, they will be an absolute force to be reckoned with. What about France? We gave him a pretty you gave him a pretty good rundown last week, but just give us the headlines of their team. Yeah, all I can say about France is work rate, aggressive, absolute just pure fight and dog on the pitch. And I'm really excited to see what they bring this weekend with the girls integrating back from fifteens to sevens. Really exciting to see how they integrate back into the team and what skill set they can also bring from playing to two different games as well. Um, but we're always going to be looking out for their Grassino playing it, playing at nine and also as well, um, Shannon Izar as well. They're my two key players to look out for in France coming up. I wonder how well conditioned they'll be after them at the 15 stuff. I'd say they'll be absolutely blowing first couple of games, getting back used to it. 
You think, oh, I d- well, the way that they ran around in the England game against England, you wouldn't even think that they would has even been out of place at all. Like, so it would be really, really good to see how they integrate back across and um, whether it will have made much of a difference or not. And that will be the telltale, won't it? When we watch them play um, this coming weekend. Let's move on to the Senoritas. That's the home team, Spain sevens. See what I did there. Yeah. Is that their nickname? Bernsey. Bernsey. Speak Spanish? <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm kind of impressed. So hopefully by the time that the Madrid sevens comes around, they will have their, I, I was going to say knight in shining armour, but that's not the right word. Hopefully we'll have Patricia Garcia back. Um, she's one of the one of the ones who's been ripping it up in the Premier 15s at the moment, but unfortunately got a, a ban um, on a tackle on Jasmine Joyce, uh, one of the Welsh girls in the Bristol game. So that's had her out for a couple of games, which me- meant that she couldn't join in in um, the 15s Spanish games that have just been going ahead at the moment. But it'd be great to see her back in the team as well. Um, also as well, L- Lida Abina, I think that's how you pronounce her name properly. She won the World um, world Rugby like Player of the Year for the um, Newcomer of the Year um, last season as well. So really excited to see how they integrate back in as well from 15s to 7s because from my knowledge, they're... Their seven team was full time, but then became part time because they went back into the 15 setup. So I'm really, really excited to see them not play. And also as well, what Patricia can bring coming back from the playing in the English 15 section. One thing about the Spanish is that they play with such passion and such desire. I always say that if if I could play for one other, ser- one other team on the series, it would be the Spanish. So they just play like they're... Like their family, and they put and they back each other up, and it's it's great rugby to watch when they're in their full flow. And they do always look super fired up, don't they? I wonder what, especially playing at home, they're going to be spilling over and having not had any tournaments for a while. So obviously, Kenya and Poland are coming up uh, in Spain sevens as well. Um, you don't know a lot about them, do you? But obviously, not being on the series and that, um, what's it? What's it? What, what should we expect from teams like that? Yeah, the. With them, with them both, they come with the unknown. Um, Kenya have been on the series once, which was in the 2018-2019 season. Um, and they, they didn't do that that cracking um, on the series, but... It... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> to, put it, to put it in the nicest way possible, they, di- they didn't. But it would be, it'll be great to see how they have incorporated how the men play. Um, we always see with the Kenyan men, they play with, with a bit of just a bit of fun in their step and a bit of spring in their step when they play. So it would be great to see if they have any crossover from how the men play. Um, but it's, it's also one of those things as well there. They are an unknown and the same with Poland. So it would be great to see how the more established teams on the series react to them. Um, it's a powerful thing being unknown. So you guys will have had a bit of experience with this on the series when they bring in guest teams like and you know maybe they're not quite as unknown as the likes of Kenya women and Poland women but how do you deal with them how do you approach those games when you draw those sides it's a tricky one isn't it like you don't really know what to expect so we just kind of focus on ourselves um like PNG we like played a couple of years ago we had no idea what they were going to be like um I'm trying to think the other teams like random teams we played Brazil post uh pre yeah. pre, pre Rio yeah, Korea, Korea. Uh, Uganda, they were one of the better one, better teams. You can, more you're, successful you're wildcard teams. Yeah. Uh, Chile, they've been on a couple oh, of times. Chile, yeah. Pretty decent. I think that's it, isn't it? you just got to stick to what 
you know you can control. I love playing those new teams. Though. I think it's really exciting and it's a good challenge as well because I think the way the game's got with the analysis and the professionalism, you there's a lot of reliance on trying to understand what other teams have been doing or what they might try and do in that game. Um, it's kind of nice when that goes out the window a little bit and you just have to be able to react to what you're seeing on the pitch. But those teams, because they tend to be a bit more unstructured, and I'm sure that this is likely to be the case with, with Poland and Kenya um, and maybe a lot of the teams because they might not have had the experience. With that unstructured picture you get, it can actually make it really tricky sometimes to play against them. So often, you know, you see a matchup, maybe like England versus, I don't know, Uganda or England versus Chile and you think, oh, England should absolutely trounce them. But it's not as easy as you think because you're seeing pictures that you're not used to and it's all a bit chaotic and you have to, you actually have to be a pretty good decision maker to really put a lot of points on those teams. Yeah, sometimes one of the hardest, one of the hardest games. I can't, like, the amount of times that we've, on the last uh, section of the series when we played against your, your unknowns like Brazil when they came on the series, they put up a good a good fight against us a few times. And we just, we basically like, short, long story short, we imploded one of the one of the times that we played against them and we messed up getting into one of our quarterfinals because they were so unknown. And we just thought that we could just play however we wanted when actually sometimes it can implode a team, but sometimes a team can really find their groove and you can take confidence out of those games. So it will be really, really interesting to see how they react to him. And then Russia as well. So they, have they been in and training and, and playing many of their women? I think over there, they're, it's fully professional. They have professional like sevens clubs. It's not a, just a 15s clubs. You have professional sevens clubs. So they've been in full time. And yeah, on the series, they are one of those teams that's, that are just nitty nitty gritty to play against. They're really difficult sometimes, and if you get if you get Russia on a on a good day or a bad day, that completely depends how they play. Because sometimes they will they will implode within themselves, but then other times nothing can stop them. And we've been on the the receiving end of the nothing can stop them. Sometimes you've got um, Isaac Kamidova, who's been on the series for years, who is sensational aerially, also as well. When her team is in that that rough place of they need a score. She's usually the one who stands up and goes, I'm going to score here. And then you've got Elena Mikalceva as well, who is their captain, who won the DHL Impact Player of the Year for the past two or three years, I think. And she is just absolute workhorse on the pitch and she's extremely powerful. Usually she's running one of those crash lines off the off the centre and she's very, very difficult to stop. So for me, it will be... Russia, USA and France. I think that those will be the ones fighting out for it at the top. But you, who knows? Someone could turn up and surprise me at the end of the day. We don't know how much people have been playing over the past few years. We don't know how over the past year. We don't know what the quality of their training has been like due to COVID. So I'm actually really excited to see what they what they bring out, what all these teams bring out and put on the table. Elena Mikulceva just rolled seamlessly off the tongue there, Burts, which is interesting because earlier in the week, you purely referred to her as Elena Mick. <laughs> and refu- refuse to name. refer to her as anything else. <laughs> I can't spell her name. It's because I've heard it so many times on the whenever whenever she's on the series, it just literally just comes up. Here's a question on names for all of you that do you have any nicknames or ways that you refer to certain players? Like there's going to be the ones who are unknown, but also established players, like names that have just stuck over the years. Oh, I've got the best one as well. And Mitch, I don't know his name, but and you all know exactly who I'm speaking about. So long, John, never sprint. <laughs> 
You're going to have to Google his name because I actually have no idea. He's got long like Chris. He's got black hair and he never sprints. Manuel Delinia, so Long John never sprint. <laughs> you, you know that nickname actually came from Sam Edgley back in the day, originally. All the way back when. Manuel Delinia. Yeah, good times. <laughs> but as per usual, you've come on the pod, you've cast your coins into the seventh heaven wishing well, and boom, your career's taken off because you're doing something very exciting in terms of the development of girls rugby in the UK with UR7s. It's just, yeah, just come out today that we're launching the UR7s um, Girls Academy, which is absolutely amazing. Like, since I joined the UR7s to coach, I've always, I've said to the the guys who run it, I said that, look, how come you haven't got a, a girls section? And they said, oh, well, due to COVID, we, we just couldn't get it up and running. And then when me, Amy and Meg came on board, um, we just decided, it's time to push it. It's really time to create a pathway for young girls co- coming through the system because that's all that I ever wanted when I was coming through the system was a pathway just to even play sevens. When I when I first got capped when I was 18, I had literally played in one sevens tournament and that was it. And just thinking about the development of the game, if we could actually get, get a girls section going straight through up into England, GB, into all the different nations, we'd be an absolute force on the series. And we just want to help in generation really. And that's what we've set out to do. So hopefully with the, with the start of the girls program, we can find the next, the next young players coming. Happy through. Bird. The next little, next little me's and next, <laughs> the next little Megs and the next little Amy's you coming through. No, no, we don't want them. We just want the next Abby Burton. <laughs> the next Abby Burton. <laughs> we just want the OG. Great work. Really excited for it. Just for clarity, UR7s is a coaching academy in England. And as you heard from Bert, they're launching a girls academy, which is big news for all of our young listeners who are tuning in. Bert, where can they go to find out more information? They can go on to the UR7's Instagram page to be able to find out more information. We're hopefully launching in August 2021. Right, Bert. On that mega news, we're going to love you and leave you and look forward to seeing you next week. Outstanding, Bert. So USA, Kenya, a couple of the big boys in there. Mitch, you've got a bit of a... You've got, you got, you've got a bit of a Latino flavour to your offering today. The, the other big boys are... Argentina, I think you got to put them up with the big boys. Argentina always, and and it's the same group of players, interestingly. So what we know we get from Argentina is a real sort of dog, a real fight, very difficult team to put a lot of points on. Um, they keep the ball very well and attack. Uh, not always that kind of flair or, dare I say it, that creative sometimes, um, but will work you and work you very good at the breakdown and actually make you work pretty hard for your scores as well. On um, on the Argentinian front, obviously, I'm known not to be a fan of Argentina sevens, but Argentinian people <laughs> in general, got a lot of time for. Um, I've got two new Argentinian friends y- you'll be happy to know. Um, Martin Landajo and Balou, Santiago Garcia Botta. Um, and I was telling him, I said, Santi, I feel really bad because I've been slagging Argies off. And me and him, he gives me a lift and we spoke about the Falklands and how it's perceived in Argentina and the English and they're perceived in Argentina. And we got deep and we had, had a chat and I just said, yeah, but they're still slimy fuckers, the sevens players. <laughs> and um, 
Uh, to which he replied, "No one in no one in Argentina likes him. Apparently, they're viewed as arrogant by the by the rugby players in in Argentina." And then when we got into training, I heard him speaking to Martin um, about how I dislike the sevens players. And Martin came over and said, "Yes, yes, very cocky, very arrogant, n- not nice people." So there you are. Wow, what that's a damning review of the sevens team. <laughs> Turns out, so- who knew Chip? You're bang on right from word word go. Chippy, your levels of your research. Are so much better than Mitch's. Mitch, Argentina was your team, and Chips just come in and delivered a knockout blow on your analysis. I know that's it. I mean, who cares what they're like? What, what kind of rugby players they are? We just we got to the nitty gritty. Shit, slimy blokes. <laughs> Arrogant as well, apparently. They're decent. At ru- they're decent at rugby, though. I give them that. There's some really good players in there. Um, and actually, of all the squads, I think they're the only one probably bringing a, a full full strength team. Kenya probably not far off, but Argentina, no one missing. None of the big names are missing. Our mate Gaston Revel, Revol's there, still going. Actually, I don't how? know how old he is, but... How, how is he still going? Well, the, the, the man is made of stern stuff because I've seen him break his jaw in a game. I've seen him get basically knocked out. Do you remember he got demolished by the, that Fijian guy? Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Tuamamba, wrote him off. Um, just gets up, carries on. He's a, he's a tough bloke. German Schultz is in the team. Love saying his name. And then some of the danger men, Bazan Velez, who's, who's got real good feet, short guy, good feet, bit of pace. Um, and one of the, my favorite players to watch, actually, Sabato. He is class, by the way. He's just got such good skill set. Loves putting it on the toe and chasing it. He's, he's a good player. Um, but they're, they're fully loaded. And, and from judging on their Instagram, they've been, they've been training pretty hard. I think they'll be decent. I think they might be... Probably the favourites for me for the tournament, I think. Ooh. Ooh. Whoa, 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 whoa. But we, ha- we haven't done the other sides who are left in the tournament. Yeah, it's actually a rash call for me saying that they might be the favourites. But France, France are the ones. We've, we've talked a lot about France in recent pod. They've, they've been ticking over very nicely. Training with the 15s crew. They've got, they've got a good, good group of players, big squad to choose from. I don't know who their 12 is for match day. That I haven't worked out. I think they might be taking their whole sevens group over, to be honest, from what I can work out. And that's the kind of thing they do. There's a lot of money in the program, money and object, do what you want. Breaking news from Rich to Carpenter's Instagram. Um, Collins and Jira's finally got back to me. So I've, I've had a message back from the Kenyan King to say that he is not, uh, wasn't ready for Madrid because he's been busy with other things in inverted commas which <laughs> if you judge on his Instagram is starting his own cooking channel because he puts 100 stories up of him cooking and it's very interesting to watch a lot of oil uses a lot of oil doesn't he a lot of oil a lot of, lot oil. of oil so does Jamie Oliver you don't hear me complaining the naked Kenyan I think I think Colin Zajiro might be going for that top the top dog job job oh what the head coach <laughs> Or the, the head of Rugby Burnsy or whatever that job was that's just become available. No, they've already dished it out. They they announced it today. Collins could get whatever job he wants in Kenya. Yeah, probably. Colin, Collins for Prime Minister. Let's start it here. Let's start the campaign now. But it's stardust. It will happen. We'll throw a few shillings into the Seventh Heaven pod wishing well for you. Collins, you're welcome. Uh, back to France. I mean, yeah, I, I, this is why I think I made a rash call because they'll they've been training solidly through the whole time. They'll be in good nick. They're missing JP, the talisman, and genuinely, and I know we, we, we hammed this up when he was on, but he's such an important player for them and they're not as good without him. He makes them tick. You can't play without your heart. He makes them tick. By the sounds of it, he drives their culture. By the sounds of it from last week, he helps them calm down. 
they're going to be headless chickens, caged animals on the loose, running around, trying too hard, too much jouet. Not good. <laughs> is there such a thing as too much jouet, though, Chip? I don't know if there is. And a nation that some of our younger listeners probably have never seen before. Yeah, Portugal. So used to be on the World Series, uh, regular until 2016. It was the last year they were on the World Series. And to be honest, it is since we've been playing Chip, Portugal never one of the better sides that we used to play against. We used to play them quite a lot because we used to play them on the World Series, but also in Europe as well. So the whole team sort of ran around Pedro Leal, who's the small playmaker back then. And then this big unit called Estevez, who is big sort of prop slash winger, uh, big old boy, quick as well. Impossible to grab both of his legs in the tackle. 100% Mitch, you hit the nail on the head there when you said big old boy. Read into that what you will. That was a well-known, a well-known fact on the World Series, strangely enough. But anyway, so since they moved off the World Series, I'll be honest, they're a bit of an unknown. And I don't know which team they will be taking. I tried to do some digging. Pedro told me that they've got a young side going into it, which given the teams that we've already listed and the strength of some of those teams, they might struggle um, because they've also got, you know, they, they sounds like they're putting a lot more of their emphasis on the 15s game in Portugal nowadays. And so a lot of the best players are with the 15s side, apparently. And so I'm not sure what kind of quality we'll get from Portugal. I look forward to being corrected on the day at the weekend, but I think they might struggle against some of those more established teams. Pretty good rundown, chaps. Chippy, A star, Mitch, C minus. C minus. C minus. Mitch, how the tables have turned. You got ace by chip on Argentina. He's had my pants down on that one, to be fair. You copied JP Barak's homework from last week to do France. And then as far as Portugal were concerned, you were telling us about their 2016 side. So this is what happens when your dad isn't the headmaster. Big, big up Alan Mitchell. <laughs> not, not departing from Portugal though too soon, Bernsey. Haven't they been reaching out to you as the prime booking agent for Great Britain Sevens? Oh my God, yeah. I forgot about this. So Pedro Leal, who you just mentioned, who was... Their maestro for a number of years, who was the beating heart of the Portuguese sevens team, actually messaged the pod account and asked, does the GB sevens team fancy playing at the Algarve sevens? <laughs> he's, he's heard. He's heard there's no game time for us over here in the British Isles. And there's the option of going to the Al- Algarve sevens. And tell you what, looks like a decent piss up down at the Algarve sevens, boys. I think he, there was a typo in his message. Instead of GB sevens, he meant seventh heaven pod sevens. And the answer is yes. <laughs> we've now got, we've established a team. We will be there. <laughs> we get will on the phone be to there. Ben Gollins, get his knees rubbed, get him, out, get him out of retirement. We're going. Mate, no dramas, Ben Gollins. He smashes the fitness. Him and his wife, Lauren, absolutely kill it. We follow, follow him on Instagram stories. Wow. The guy's still in good nick. He'd be ready to go. Um, mate, mate, the seventh heaven pod team would be un- unreal. Um, <laughs> um, right, Chip, uh, you're right, Chip. You're all big time these days, so you're going to leave us. You're not going to be here for the next part, are you? No, apologies. Um, say my best to that little blindside bastard. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, say my mate, I say hola. 
<laughs> for, for those of you who don't understand why Chip is di- ducking out of the first interview in Seventh Heaven Pod history that all three of us haven't been on, jump on our Instagram page at Seventh Heaven Pod. We'll be posting a video of Paco Hernandez chasing down the big fella in open space back in Cape Town. Ugly, ugly scenes, Chip. One that he clearly he didn't the speed of it. Can you delete the top speed off it, please? Just I don't mind going on. Just put that top speed up. That was pre-operation. Um, I'd like to see him catch me now. <sighs> That's you can have the bite. You can have the bite. Rattled. <laughs> you can uh, you can have it. Sometimes you just gotta admit defeat, Bernsey. And this is one of the times like you've 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 goaded me into it, and you can have it. It's all yours. Wrapped up. It's admit all right. Defeat. Thank you. It- it's all right. We'll get Ben Lamb on the pod soon and uh, give Mitch's uh, just as it's been a while since he's been up on the Instagram. Right. So no, bl- no bloody way. No bloody way. Right. So for the eagle eyed of you, you'll have noticed that we've only covered five of the six teams who are going to be in the Madrid sevens this weekend. That's because we have got the expert of all experts to come and give us the lowdown on Spain sevens. He is a legend of the pod, the Undertaker. Up until his retirement in September, he was the Spain Sevens captain, but is now enjoying retirement in Central America, all the way from Panama. It's Paco Hernandez. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. Thank you, you guys. I mean, I, I was checking before, like the podcast who came before me, like Brian Havana, Perry Baker, I don't know, uh, DJ Forbes. <laughs> and now it's me, so <laughs> it's amazing that I'm here. <laughs> You're, you're in that league, mate. You're in that league. I was, um, one of the things we'd love to talk about is, you know, the retirement, moving away from the game. I was reading some of the comments that some of the players made on your post when you put that on Instagram, and there was some really nice stuff. What, how did that feel, reading those comments from some, well, all the, like, loads of players on the World Series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was amazing that uh, when I decided to retire, I, every, every people and every player say, uh, good uh, words for me and it's amazing that uh, after my career they, they can uh, respect you uh, because of in and off the field so it's, it's really really grateful for that but- Paco not all of our listeners will know a lot about Spain rugby and Spain sevens can you just tell them where it's come from and also where it's trying to get to obviously you've been involved you've been really integral and now you've stepped away, but it's still got big ambitions. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know that. I mean, when mm, sometimes we landed in any any country like New Zealand, and people uh, in the airport say, "Hey, you are from Spain? Ah, is there is there rugby in Spain?" <laughs> uh, rugby in Spain is not the the main sport, as you know. Uh, uh, but players before me, they they fight a, a lot to to get into the World Series. We, we've been there for two years and then we, we were relegated. So two or three years, we tried to, to win Hong Kong, but everyone knows that it's quite difficult. Uh, uh, well, we did after the Olympics and we get into the World Series and we, we, are, we are there uh, fighting every every game. And now uh, the, the team is a bit uh, weird because uh, some players uh, got retired like me and there are many young players now and they are preparing for for the um, qualification for the Rugby World Cup. Touring the world with the Seven Series is the best way probably to put 
rugby on the map for Spain. And you've been doing that for, for a lot of years and doing a very good job with it. And as you say, the Olympics, which we'll come on to, was a, was a big milestone, I'm sure. But obviously just the regular seasons back to back on the World Series. So how confident are you now that you're stepping away along with a few other players? Are you confident that there's a good future for Spain Sevens? Uh, well, um, in Spain, uh, as you know, there is now uh, there are a lot of players like uh, they are starting now playing sevens. Probably we we are not uh, the best players, but uh, we can fight as a team. Uh, but uh, for the future, I guess uh, there are good players, but they have to to be um, surrounded with good players, uh, training hard, uh, better and harder than in, in their clubs. What was it like being on the series as one of the smaller teams, as not one of the traditional rugby nations? Well, uh, we we try to copy every team <laughs> doing good things. <laughs> I, I mean, um, our tradition and um, our training as well is not the, the best in the world. If not, uh, we, we were uh, top three, but <laughs> we aren't. So... <laughs> But yeah, we when when we see the the other teams, uh, yeah, we try to to copy them in everything. I mean, uh, the way that they they prepare the t- their games, the way that they train before the games, everything. I mean, uh, we are we are a small union and a small team, but uh, we are there for I, I guess four years now uh, in a row. So it means that we are doing well every year. And to be honest, everyone copies everyone on the World Series a little bit. Like, you, there's there's a couple of teams that will do something new, but generally everyone's kind of having a look, seeing what everyone's doing, and then trying to emulate it. Um, the the four years that you, you say come off the back of a really strong four years of of World Series core status, and, and that's massive, I think, for for any sevens team, any sevens nation. Um, was the catalyst for that the Olympic Games, and w- what was the um, oh, let's go back to the beginning of the qualification. That that was amazing. I mean, uh, we went to to Monaco for that uh, rapid change tournament. Uh, we we were in the World Series stage in the World Series circuit. Uh, there were Samoa, Canada, uh, and Russia. They were on, on the on the World Series, and we were we were in the the best team. I mean, uh, nobody um, take care of us. I mean, uh, like, uh, yeah, this is Spain. Uh, they are not good enough. They are not going to qualify. And also, uh, we we thought in that way sometimes. Like, yeah, we, we are not prepared to do that. And, but at the end, well, we, we won the last two games, the semifinal and the final in the last minute. <laughs> it was so, so crazy, but we did it. And, well, when we... we when, we qualified, it was an ecstasy. Nobody um, believed in us, uh, also in Spain, that, uh, well, you're crazy, that you, you're not going to qualify. And, well, we did it and we went to, to the Olympics. It wasn't the Olympics, it was in our our best uh, tournament, but to be there, it was uh, the main goal. And well, I always say it, uh, in some interviews that I never cry uh, for, for rugby. And after after the Olympics uh, qualification in in Monaco, yeah, I start crying for five five minutes, and I, well, it's goosebumps, you know. <laughs> 
I'm not surprised. I think everyone had goosebumps and probably a few of us shed a tear just watching that tournament. It was, I mean, sevens is a dramatic sport at the best of times, but when there's a final Olympic place on the, uh, on the table, then, you know, it's next level. I, I, I really remember that. I've, I've obviously watched that clip a few times. I can only imagine what the emotions were like for you guys. Can you explain to us what those last couple of minutes were like as a player on the pitch? for that win against Samoa to take you guys to the Olympics? Because as you said, I, I don't think I've seen a more dramatic finish to a game with so much at stake. It, it was a final and everybody can win. Um, but if you watch also the game that uh, in the halftime, um, we were very, very calm. But yeah, we are doing good. Uh, just uh, keep doing this. And, and if you watch uh, someone uh, half time, they were uh, a lot of pressure on, on them. Like, you have to win this game. You, you need it. Uh, this is Spain. This is shit. Uh, and, well, I don't know what, what, they, what they were saying. But... Your Samoan's very good. <laughs> <laughs> that last play. Uh, we almost scored. Then we have a penalty, a, a quick tap, and then we we move the ball to the to the other white the side, and yeah, we scored that one. And when I saw uh, Ignacio Martin with the ball here in the in, in goal, and he say, "What the fuck are you doing? Just uh, put the ball on the floor." <laughs> Paco, is it true that there is a mountain named after you in honor of Spain sevens reaching the Olympics? <laughs> Yeah, say that, Jake for sure, right? Jake Carter, yeah, Jake Carter's my yeah. man on the inside. <laughs> well, well, it, it is true. It's not official. I mean, um, I'm from Granada in the south of Spain, um, and I used to to go there uh, every year. My my uncle has a, a a house there in the in the mountains, and yeah, the the people from from the village in the mountain they say, "Oh, this pig is gonna we are gonna call this Francisco Hernandez, like the Olympian guy." So yeah, <laughs> but I I mean if I don't know if it is true or not, but yeah, Man, I, I claim I, it, go with it because no no one else I know has a mountain named after them, so definitely go with it. Um. I was going to come on to something you said about belief, because I think I think is is particularly well. It's a factor in all sports at whatever level, but I think it must be an interesting thing on the World Series when, uh, and I don't mean to, this to have any disrespect associated with it, but if you're finishing towards the bottom of the table and you know there are more losses than there are wins potentially, belief is something that must get challenged on a more regular basis than if you're winning all the time. Um, but the belief seems to be something that's always been pretty strong in your Spain team. And I know you said it wavered a little bit going into the, the qualifier and stuff, but the one that sticks out, I mean, you have the belief to go on and beat New Zealand recently, for example, last season. And, you know, there must be a strong belief within the group to be able to pull off achievements like that and, and milestones like that. And I think there's also a character about your team, you know, thinking back to last season where it was very difficult to beat you. And we, where did that come from? And what kept it so strong, even though, you know, there's a lot of defeats along the way? Well, um, we don't know. I mean, uh, we don't know if we, if we have the, the best training, but we train very hard. I can assure, I can assure you that. But we try 
hard. Uh, and in in that uh, trainings, after that training, you you mean that uh, the the people who are next to you and they say and they are cheering you like, come on, one more, one more rep, one more rep, and and well, in that uh, cases you are like um, making a, a a dream, and then you you go to the pitch and and then you can uh, try to to re- replicate it. When we are watching the other the other teams, a uh, uh, video analysis, and and then well, we know that if we want to win one game, we have to do almost uh, the perfection. And if the other team has uh, some doubts, probably it's our chance. And uh, as you said, Mitch, uh, when when we beat uh, New Zealand, uh, well, I mean it it, it was that. Uh, we didn't make the the best uh, the best game, but we try and and then, but we miss a lot of tackles if you see if you watch that that game. But we have to make a lot of passes, a lot of because we don't have a few young guys in our team to to score a a, a try like one step and go into the try zone and then well we we for to to make a to score a try for us is quite difficult as you see in, in the video analysis and then but our belief is yes uh, try hard if not try harder I like that. did you notice Paco that Mitch brought up that you guys beat New Zealand but he didn't bring up that you guys beat England last year as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> selective questioning now do you know why it's because we when you know new zealand were the top team weren't they so it was more significant victory than beating us yeah in in la that was oh that was a frustrating game though let's not we won't go into it there's a reason i did bring it out bernsey we mentioned one guy earlier jakey carter and jakey played a number of years for you on the seven series but he is originally from england and there are some English players who are playing for Spain at the moment in 15s as well. Can you tell us the connection? Because I'm sure some of our young listeners in England who've got Spanish heritage or they want to go over and play in Spain, they'd be interested to hear about the process. Well, uh, well Jiggy is half Spanish right now. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when... when well, in, in Spain, we have the, the first league, the Division de Nord, we call uh, is the first uh, 15 inside uh, league in Spain. And there are like uh, semi-pros uh, clubs that they bring uh, players like Jakey uh, in that moment. Uh, he came in here and then uh, if, uh, if you compare to the uh, Spanish guys, uh, he's uh, a level up from, from us. So, uh, you can see in every game, and after three years, uh, I don't know if they change now uh, uh, for five years, but uh, after three years, you you can be selected for the national team. And well, it's work for the um, for the national coach, but uh, if you have a guy after uh, three years that he, he he can change the and he can uh, add some different things uh, to the national team, they, they are more than welcome. I suppose it's a good, it's, it's one way of bolstering the team if you haven't got a lot of young talent coming through. Well, uh, in the rugby sevens, we try to, to develop uh, young players. Like now, uh, they are all, all of Spanish. Uh, we, don't, 
we uh, we don't like to pick up some players uh, uh, from I don't know South Africa or England as well. Uh, we we try to to work with the national product, but if they make the difference, why not? I mean, uh, it's a national team, and you have to compete with the, the best uh, countries, and you you try you try your best. And if there are players better than the Spanish ones, so uh, <laughs> you have to to select your your best team for sure. No, I, I mean, it's obviously an interesting point in your life, Paco, stepping away from the game. Um, what are you doing now, by the way? Well, I'm an, I, I'm an engineer. Uh, in Spain, every player has a studies. I went to the uni because we, don't, we know that uh, rugby is just for a short period of, of our life. And now I'm in Panama uh, working in a construction of a solar solar plant. That's a, that's a shift. That's a change from... Being in, where would we be right now? Vancouver, whatever. And, and kind of, I mean, I'm guessing over the last six months or so, maybe a bit longer, you've had a chance to reflect on your career. Are there certain moments that really stand out? Maybe we've mentioned a couple of them already. Uh, yeah, well, um, I remember the, the my debut on the World Series. <laughs> the first game, it was in Glasgow, 2013. Uh, it was against Fiji, and yeah, I I start playing. I was uh, I don't know some some plays. Uh, I look at the the watch. It was five point thirty six or something like that. And I say, okay, it's just one minute more, and it's finished. And the next move and the next play, uh, I was so tired. I mean. <laughs> exhausted and, and then I, I watched the, the clock again I see the watch uh, again uh, it was like 2.30 and I, I it was a, a countdown and he said fuck we've all been there well that was one of my best memories of the rugby seven. <laughs> career and well for sure the the, the olympic qualification uh, also the first time that we we qualified for the top eight uh, for the uh, quarter final in our series it was in hong kong we we beat uh, australia and canada well it was the second uh, time in the history but uh, it was my first time also when we beat all blacks uh, for sure and also when we were uh, when we lost against Portugal in 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 the Olympic qualification for Tokyo. Well, I mean it's not my best, you know, when when you lose, but you 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 learn from from everything. Yeah. So hang on, you you risked one out there. What about chasing Chippy down the touchline and tackling him <laughs> into touch? You, that surely is up there with the highlights. <laughs> Well, well, it is. Uh, 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 he's not here. But, uh, I was. Uh, he, <laughs> I was going to say thank you because I didn't know that I was that fast <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> there, there are a lot of reasons I was excited to get you on the pod, Paco. But I've got to say that bringing this up again for Chip and and subjecting Chippy to it was definitely one of them. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I've also got to ask because we've made a big celebration on our Instagram. The Undertaker, can you talk to us about that moment? It was at Sydney when you were playing Japan and you were receiving treatment from the physio, pouring with blood from your head. 
and then you got up and out of nowhere just deleted the poor old Japanese player who thought he was home and dry. Yeah, well, as a sweeper, you you never want to miss a tackle, and I I was I was there. I I saw that that chance, and I use it. You know, well, uh, <laughs> well, it, it was crazy. I mean, um, at that moment, um, I didn't think anything. I mean, I was there. I saw a guy that it was to scoring in to from from Japan. I say. Well, I remember in that that play. I um, I I was tackled and then I I start uh, bleeding, and the next uh, uh, image that I have uh, from from the game is like someone, some Spanish guy, uh, kick the the ball, and he say, "What the fuck is the, the last <laughs> the last play? Why <laughs> why why you kick it?" And 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 then I um, I was like uh, with the physio and. and the 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 sound of the of the um, crowd like everybody shouting and I say okay something is happening and then I I see this guy running and I, it's my chance you know yes it's, <laughs> give me give me one second I come back to you right now <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and well I I I knew that it, um, the the score it was so close. I, it was fourteen seven, if I if I can remember well, uh, and I say if if this guy score, uh, we are going to play uh, extra time or something, and the, the team was really really excited. And I didn't want that, and I, I would like to to play that extra extra time, and um, I know that uh, I couldn't with that uh, blood, so well I. Step up and then tackle him. Uh, it was a penalty for us, and it was good. <laughs> Love it. As a sweeper as well, you've got to take your shots as a sweeper. There aren't many opportunities to make big shots in our position, especially what? being the smaller guys. You got you, you cannot you got to blindside sorry people. Sorry for the Japan. Yeah, so, sorry for the Japan guy. <laughs> Someone or uh, like you, Mitch. If you were in my position, you will you will do the same for sure. If he was going to get as many reposts as that on the highlights packages, then yeah. It made you a bit of a legend. And obviously the video got shared so much. What was it like having that sort of attention afterwards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in, in Spain, as you know, if, if rugby is um, uh, an existent, that uh, is not six for the news, for the sport news. But if something happened like this, like a blood in a fight or something, rugby is on the is on TV. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, after after this uh, action, uh, rugby were there, so it, it was cool, anyways. <laughs> I bet, I bet. So Paco, it's the Madrid Sevens this weekend. Mitch and Chippy have previewed, but we wanted to leave the big team for you to tell us about the new Spain Sevens without Paco Hernandez. Who are the new players who are coming through and who are the players we should be excited to see this weekend? Uh, well, um, there is another Paco. I mean, uh, he, he's called Paco Coscuyuela. He's a, a young guy. He's, uh, he's really good. He plays in the under 18 uh, seven side that they... They were second in the in the European. I was supporting them as 
a coach uh, uh, there, but uh, yeah, we uh, he played really well and he has a good future. He's uh, 18 or 19 years old, so he he's gonna be a, a good player, I guess. Um, and the other guy is uh, Toby Saint Trapaga. He's the the smallest guy of the Saint Trapaga uh, brothers. Uh, he his condition, his fitness condition is amazing. I, I, I would like to be like him because he's tall, he's strong, he's fast. <laughs> and then I see I see me in the mirror and I say, Paco, you you can play like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 he's a, a he's a, a good player as well. Um, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I, for sure, there there are very good teams uh, coming from from the Madrid Sevens because uh, they are preparing like uh, the Olympics, like Argentina, USA, and Kenya, uh, and France for sure. Uh, but they are not qualified. But uh, anyways, um, they they are good teams, and they are probably is the I don't know if. Uh, it will be the 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 only chance uh, before the Olympics to to play rugby sevens, but uh, they have to to do their best and, and I don't know. Probably I, I if if I have a, if I need to bet uh, any any money for the for the winner, I will say Argentina. Oh, I said the same. I said the same. Um. But good for, I mean, good for Spain, though, to be hosting a sevens tournament, but particularly the only sevens tournament that's happened in a year. Well, I, I was talking to, to Pablo Fijo, the, the coach uh, from the national team uh, last week, I guess. And I say it's crazy that uh, it was one year ago that we played the last tournament in Canada. Um and everything changed a lot, uh, but yeah, it probably I don't know, eh, but uh, it's the only chance. But for for the rugby sevens, for the um, for sure for Spain, it's good to to compete and to just uh, show the the young boys that they are training now, uh, the level that they have to to achieve. Yeah, true that, true that. Well, Paco, like I mean, firstly, now that you're in your new life. Um, over there in Panama, wishing you all the best with that. Is this? Is there anything that you really miss? If you had to pick one thing that you're already missing, and let's be honest, we're all missing the World Series right now. So to some extent, we're all in the same boat. But knowing that, you know, that's kind of a life you're leaving behind. What do you think you'll miss the most? Uh, not the gym for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I I miss I miss my 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 teammates uh, to to go into the training pitch, uh, enjoy the time, like training hard. And I miss that for sure, because uh, as the coronavirus starts, uh, we everybody has to go by their own and then train by their own, try to, to get fit and, and to keep fit for sure. Uh, and yeah, to be with there, I, I miss. But I mean, I mean, I miss uh, to be with someone else not living with me. Uh, because the the virus is 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 that uh, shit right now, but but yeah, I, I miss I miss my teammates and to to play some touch games and also to to play and to train to train hard. Nice. Well, the World Series will miss you as well, mate. That's for sure. Paco, thanks thanks so much for making the time for us, mate. Oh, thank you for you. Uh, it was a pleasure and to, to give uh, 
a Spanish uh, some boys in international podcast. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. Felt weird doing that without Chip, but I completely understand because it would have been like going to a therapy session being run by your abuser. <laughs> I think he really hates it. He really hates that video. I don't know why, because we've all hit the quick sound before. It, you know, he's quicker than that. It's just that if it doesn't make the highlights, it doesn't make the highlights. Um, yeah, but you can't hate, you can't hate on Paco though. That's the other thing. If, if it was like some guy who caught him, who no one liked, it'd be all right. Cause you could really hate on him, but you can't hate on Paco. He's too nice. Do you know what? Just chatting to him there. I kind of forgot what a momentous year that they had last year, beating New Zealand, beating England. Maybe their progression through the tournaments didn't quite go to the levels that they wanted to get to, but there were some real marquee moments for that Spanish side. Yeah, well, and this is it. I mean, I guess in some ways that encompasses the ups and downs that they've had. And in one sense, it highlights the difficulty of the World Series. To be consistently winning games on the World Series in order to get yourself high up the table takes a lot of investment uh, on one side. It takes a playing group. Like he, he said quite openly that one of their biggest difficulties was they just didn't have the X Factor players that came through their system to, to allow them to score the easy tries that would be the difference in some of those games or the quick tries, I should say. Um, uh, but yeah, this year they, they're definitely onto something. I mean, it, but it, incidentally or ironically, they weren't going to have a shot at the Olympics this time around, which is, would have been a tough spot if they carried on their form that they were showing at times last season. And Paco picking Argentina as well, along with you, Mitch. Yeah, well, obviously the guy, you know, us lads who are switched on and know our sevens obviously know how to pick our winners. Um, I'm just hoping that's not going to come back to bite me on Sunday evening. You never, I noticed you never put your nuts on the line and, and picked a winner and neither did Chip. I'm not here to put my nuts on the line. I'm here to put your nuts on the line. That's my role here, <laughs> to put yours and Chippy's nuts on the line. I'm just a conduit. You're just a conduit handling Chippy and my nuts. Correct. <laughs> That's why God gave me two hands. <laughs> right. I think that that is the Madrid Sevens well and truly covered. Uh, I can't even remember if we've been through the broadcast details, but I don't think that it's going to be on World Rugby's channel, sadly. But I do know that it is going to be streamed across the Spanish Rugby Federation's channels and that they are trying to put it through Twitch as well. Watch their page for more updates. We'll watch their page for more updates, and then you can watch our page for more updates. We'll do our best to keep you informed. That is on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, at 7th Heaven Pod. Uh, and while you're at it, like, share, and subscribe. Right, that's it for the Madrid 7 special. We're all looking forward to actually watching a bit of 7s this weekend. We'll be back to talk about the weekend's action this time next week. We're hoping to have one of the key coaches who are in the mix as well. Very special guest indeed. But until next time, from all of us up in the clouds, up in seventh heaven, it is adios. See you this. Bye. <laughs>